on this beautiful Saturday. Happy weekend to you. Thank you for making us a part of it right here. Where else? On CBS Sports Radio, it is Ryan Hicking here with you. I think we'll see another head coach lose their job on Sunday. We've already seen two. I think a third name will join that list. I think it's Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. I think he's getting fired to Sunday's game here for a few reasons. Number one, I think I love the Chiefs this weekend. And they're just one point favorite. I love Kansas City at home. I think they're going to beat the pulp out of the Bills. But Sean McDermott's not getting fired because the Bills get blown out on the road in Arrowhead um, on Sunday. The Bills, I think, are firing Sean McDermott after this weekend because they have lost full trust in their coach. Lost absolute full control. And I think how we know that is, look at how or look at what came out this week. Tyler Dunn, GoLongTD.com, did a tremendous in-depth article on Sean McDermott and his coaching style and everything that's right now gone out with the Buffalo Bills the last few years. The the big headline or, or the big newsmaker out of that article was Sean McDermott referencing or using 9-11 and for whatever reason, highlighting the terrorists in order to motivate his team and talk about unity. Um, Those comments were not made this week in a team meeting. Those comments were not made two weeks ago in a team meeting. Those comments were made all the way back in 2019, four years ago. Why were they now just coming out this week, four years ago? It's because the team has lost faith in its head coach, and it's because they are laying the groundwork to get him fired. And so if you're the Bills and your team has lost complete trust in their head coach, you go to Kansas City and get taken to the woodshed. I don't see how you can keep Sean McDermott past this Sunday. You can't have a head coach coaching your team in which the team has totally given up on him. And with all these quotes now coming out about his bad coaching style, his blame, you know, the, the blame game he basically plays of everyone else at fault but him. And again, the damning evidence or the damning story of him using 9-11 as a motivator and highlighting the terrorists as a motivator. It's abhorrent. It's inexcusable. But it's also now coming to light four years later because I think the Bills are laying the groundwork to get him fired and truly and, and trying to already now get the wheels in motion here of, hey, look, when we fire Sean McDermott, it's justified. It's not just wins and losses now. They're not going to fire a coach that got to the playoffs every year since 2019. They're going to fire a coach that missed the playoffs this year, but also now has no faith in his team. Or his team, I should say, has no faith in him. That's why these comments came out. Because the groundwork is being set. I really hate to say it because, again, those that, that story that he um, discussed back in 2019, highlighting the terrorists and the... I mean, it feels disgusting to even say that the great teamwork they used. I hate to say this, but I think it's absolutely true. That story is not being revealed. If the Bills are 11-1. That story is not coming to light. If Buffalo right now is holding the number one seed in the AFC. 
and look like they're going to make the Super Bowl. That story came to light now because for the first time since 2019, this Bills team is underachieving massively. So I hate to say it, but wins were put ahead of that story. And it was easy to overlook and or ignore when you make the playoffs in 2019. Go to the AFC title game in 2020. Lose in 2021 in heartbreaking fashion, but feel like you're so close. Come into 2022 as the Super Bowl favorites. Get blown out at home. Go into 2023 thinking, okay, this is this is our year. This is really the year. And now you're six and six, going to make the play, uh, going to miss the playoffs. Whole lot easier now to say, oh, you know what? Remember that weird story McDermott gave back in 2019? Yeah, maybe now's a good time to bring it up because this team stinks, and it's easier to fire him now when you're going to miss the playoffs. And all of a sudden, you know what? Let's just keep piling on. It's not a coincidence. That the Bills are having the worst season since 2019, and now these comments are coming to light. But I think it also highlights and explains away, partly, why this Bills team is horrible in the clutch. Like, when you have no trust in your head coach, when you have no belief that he's going to put you in a position to succeed, that you're going to go out there and you know, hey, my coach has my back, and I know that... The game plan is right. I know his coaching style is going to be right. I know we are going to make plays here to win the game. You can go out there on any given Sunday, play confident, play loose, and play free. Those three adjectives I just used are never how you could describe the Buffalo Bills. They don't play loose. They're loose to the football. It's a big problem, big difference in terms of playing loose and playing loose to the football. We've seen Josh Allen and Kobe very loose to the football. But this team has never been loose. They feel always very tight. Big moments. Usually one part of the team lets them down, whether it's offensively or defensively, sometimes in the same game, both. But you look at the Bills this year. Two and six in one score games. You go back and look at, you know, the the recent years, the 13-second game. You're up. Bad decision by Sean McDermott to, to kick the ball out of the end zone. Bad decision to play prevent defense when the Chiefs only needed a field goal. You really see, like, these players, when the moment gets tight, when there's two minutes in a one, it's a one-score game, they're not going, oh, we got this. We're confident. They're like, oh, boy. Hope we don't lose. Hope we know what we're doing here. Hope we get this right. They're more of a, a hope team. And man, uh, this would this would go, you know, be great if this goes our way versus going out there knowing without a doubt, oh, we got this. Two minutes down by a score, two minutes up by a score, need a defensive stop, no problem. Game over. We... We're going to do it. We got the game plan. We got the coach. We got the players. It's done. There was never that confidence with the Bills the last few years. And I think now, when you hear stories like this come out from Sean McDermott, it makes all the sense in the world. The players don't trust him. The front office doesn't trust him. The organization doesn't believe in him. And now I think this year, especially the last game they played Going into the bye week, the Eagles, where the offense with Josh Allen was tremendous, the defense couldn't get a stop. You have a defensive-minded head coach who, by the way, forced Leslie Frazier, the former defense coordinator, out. You fired already the offense coordinator, Ken Dorsey. Everyone, like the fingers are pointed to everyone but Sean McDermott. Now you're starting to see, I think this is the Bills in a way, whoever leaked this out. And it sounds like at least when you read Tyler Dunn's article, 
plenty of sources, former players, former coaches, plenty of people volunteered to be in this story. Plenty of people are willing to come, you know, be forthright and give examples, multiple examples of bad leadership and bad coaching from McDermott. That is a highlight of this team has no faith in your coach. And that explains why in one score games, the Bills melt down. They melt down against the Jets without a quarterback on Monday Night Football Week, number one. They melt down against the hapless Patriots, who outside of Steelers have looked terrible in every single game they've played in. But the Bills gave them a W. Why? Defense late in the fourth quarter, couldn't make a stop. Playing the Eagles on the road, Josh Allen's playing great defense, couldn't get a stop. Buffalo, uh, Denver Broncos at home, offense putrid, came through late, defense, same story, can't get a stop, too many men on the field when the field goal was initially missed. So many of these small errors pop up now and are magnified I think in large part can all be traced back to lack of faith, lack of trust, lack of belief in their head coach. And again, if you are Brandon Bede right now, the general manager, I don't know how you allow your head coach to continue to lead a team where the team has no belief in him, where they don't trust him, where the organization as a whole doesn't trust him. Like, How do you, even though there's after this week four games left, That's still a long month. You can't allow a guy to continue to speak for your team, lead your team when no one takes him seriously or respects him. That's why I think we're going to see Sean McDermott get fired Sunday after their loss in Kansas City. This also is an advantage, too, for the Buffalo Bills because this also gives you a jump on your next head coaching search. And a very popular name for Buffalo has been who? Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, who coincidentally this week had an offer from Michigan on the table, $11 million a year, five-year contract extension. One kicker, though. Michigan needs in writing from Jim Harbaugh that he's not going to pursue an NFL job. Well, if you're the Bills... And you know what? You came into this weekend and you're thinking, yeah, we're probably going to fire McDermott at the end of the year. I know there's been reports of, oh, he's no chance of getting fired. I don't believe that. McDermott is, is not a coach that could get you to win a Super Bowl. I think it's been obvious the last few years. This year, missing the playoffs in general, even before the comments came out, should have just been enough to say, you know what? We got to move somewhere else. But now if you want Jim Harbaugh, if you're the Bills, you can't afford to wait until the middle of January to fire McDermott at the end of the season. Because by that point, Jim Harbaugh may have already signed a contract. He may contractually literally not be allowed to meet with NFL, uh, any NFL, uh, NFL, any NFL teams to discuss a head coaching job. Holy cow, that was easy for me to say. So if you're Buffalo and you want interest or you were interested early on in in Jim Harbaugh, you fire McDermott on Sunday, you reach out to Jim and say, Jim, take your time on that. Let's talk. Let's see if maybe there's something here for me and you. You get a head start on on Jim and anyone else that you're interested in by firing McDermott now. With still a month to go in the season. So I I just, when you hear this story, when you see the biggest thing is the timing of this story coming out, of Sean McDermott referencing 9-11 in a negative way, 
back in 2019. It's not a coincidence it's coming out now. This is the Bills laying the groundwork for a justification of firing Sean McDermott. I'm sure there are plenty of fans that want to keep McDermott. Bills fans, that is. I think this is a way to get them to understand why Sean can't be the coach anymore. It's a little bit disgusting. But that's what I think is going on here. That's why I think if you're the Bills at this point, if you're going to go to the lengths of leaking that story out, might as well just get it over with. Fire Sean. I think they will Sunday after the Chiefs loss. And now move on to start their new head coaching search. And it's also, it's tough, to be honest, to feel sympathy for Sean McDermott when on Thursday he admitted, he said the comments, he admitted that he told a story and tried to motivate his team by highlighting the terrorists that conducted 9-11. I mean, I'm sorry, it's... You can't call it an attack on your character if it's true. He admitted it was true. And what you... Like, it's also... It's now... There's a difference between saying something in the moment and regretting it. We've all been there, right? Where you say something, whether it's in an argument, whether it's to a friend, whether it's a joke. Sometimes we all say jokes that cross the line. Right? You try to be funny and he just goes, maybe not the best use of words there. We all cross the line at some point, whether it's in a malicious way or an accidental way. But there's a difference between saying something in the moment and immediately regretting it versus when a team meeting, I'm going to assume coaches actually, you know, prepare for team meetings. This was a prepared speech. I don't think you just think about this off the top of your head and say, you know what, maybe let's just roll with this and see where it goes. So you thought about it. You've had opportunities maybe multiple hours, multiple days to say, you know what, is this really the best example I can use? And for whatever reason, nothing popped up in your brain to say, eh, let's maybe move on. Or maybe let's look at the, you know, the, the another angle of this tragedy. And that's why I just don't have any sympathy for McDermott here is because this was premeditated, predetermined, and he had plenty of opportunities to think clearly about it And still went through with it. But I want to hear your thoughts here. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Is Sean McDermott's seat the hottest in the NFL? Is there an NFL coach in your mind right now with a seat that's hotter than the Buffalo Bills head coach going to really the home stretch here, the final five weeks of the season? If the Pittsburgh Steelers... If they're truly in it to win a Super Bowl, I think they need to fire Mike Tomlin at the end of the year. Look, Mike Tomlin's a great coach, and he's someone that can get you to the playoffs consistently without a doubt. But I don't think he's no, or I should say, he's no longer, to have proper English there, he's no longer a head coach that can get you to the Super Bowl, that can get you over the hump and truly win the big game. And I think just the last two weeks alone have proven that. Steelers are smack dab in the middle of a playoff race. Two home games against two of the worst teams in the league in the Cardinals and the Patriots. Both entered Akershore Stadium with two wins. Both left with three. Inexcusable. That is absolutely inexcusable to lose both of those games at home 
when you are now in the stretch run of the season, post-Thanksgiving where teams are either separating themselves as contenders or separating themselves and showing that they are pretenders, losing to the Cardinals and the Patriots at home in a four-day span, right in the middle of the playoff race, basically I think all but eliminating the Steelers from this year's playoffs, I think it's enough right there to say, you know what, Mike, it's been a hell of a run. A truly historic run. But the run's got to end this year. Because it's not just these two losses, I think, that are reasons to fire Mike Tomlin. Now, it's never a two-game sample size as to why you fire a coach, ever. But going back to what we started the segment with, Tomlin, I don't think, is, is a coach that you can actually trust or believe can get you back to the Super Bowl. I think that he's just lost the touch. Whatever you want to, you know, however you want to phrase it, he doesn't have that Super Bowl gene anymore. Because look how long it's been since he's actually won the big game. But they won in 08 against the Cardinals. The last playoff win. Forget about Super Bowl win. The last playoff win for the Pittsburgh Steelers is all the way back in 2016. They've made just one conference championship game appearance. They lost that one. But one conference championship game appearance since they last made the Super Bowl in 2010 and they lost to the Packers. That's 12 seasons, and it's about to be 13 this upcoming year because there's no way in hell, even if they make the playoffs, they're getting to the AFC title game. This is a coach with four straight playoff losses and could make history. There are just two head coaches in the last 40 years that have gone seven seasons with the same team without winning a playoff game. Marvin Lewis famously did it or or really uh, infamously did it with Cincinnati, and Jim Moore did it with the Saints. Mike Tomlin doesn't win a playoff game this year. He joins that list. Coaches with the same team with a seven-year drought without a playoff win. Credit to Andrew Filippone. He does a great job. 93-7 the fan right here. Odyssey Station. Does a tremendous job in Pittsburgh. He had that stat out there. So, yes, he can win nine games a year. Right? We know the stat. He's never had a losing season. That's great. But also, too, like at what point does that just is that just lipstick on a pig of well you're stuck in the middle never had a losing season impressive but also if you're nowhere near the top then what's the point what's the point of going 9 and 8 every year sneaking into the playoffs losing the first round and then having nothing change that doesn't i mean being stuck in that perpetual cycle for a decade doesn't sound like any fun Andor doesn't have you believing if you're the Steelers, which, again, are a Super Bowl-minded organization. What has Mike Tomlin showed you the last decade that you believe he's the right coach to get you out of this rut and have you break through to not only win a playoff game, win multiple playoff games, but get past the Chiefs, get past when they're healthy, the Bengals, get past the Bengals and the Ravens, What has you thinking Tomlin is the right guy to get this Steelers team past those other teams and make the Super Bowl and then win the Super Bowl? 
I haven't seen anything. There is no evidence. That's why I think if you're the Roonies at this point, it's like, it's been a hell of a run. It's been one where Mike Talman at Ring of Honor. But one where, unfortunately, all good things must come to an end. And uh, Thursday night's loss to the Patriots has to be the end. That has to be the dagger, if you will, to end this tremendous run. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. It is Ryan Hickey with right here on CBS Sports Radio. We are talking right now, coaches, NFL coaches, on the hot seat. I think Mike Tomlin is absolutely there, especially with their loss to now the three-win Cardinals and three-win Patriots after both of those teams beat the Steelers in the last week here in uh, in Pittsburgh. But also going back to where we started the show with Sean McDermott. I don't think it's a coincidence that the comments he made, the hurtful and, and disgusting comments he made about 9-11 back in 2019 I don't think it's an accident. Those are coming out now. Those comments are, are being surfaced and made public now because I think the Bills are ready to fire McDermott and they are just trying to make that decision a little bit easier. And so they leak out these details to make McDermott look bad. But I think this is an inside job. And that's why for me, I think there's no one, no one whose seat is hotter right now than Sean McDermott's at Buffalo. Mike Tomlins is hot. Brandon Staley's, I mean, we say the last two years his seat has been hot, but the Chargers organization has done nothing to have you believe that's actually the case. Ron Rivera's seat is hot. Matt Eberflus's seat is hot. Dennis Allen, Todd Bowles. There's plenty of coaches right now on the hot seat. I, though, don't think anyone's seat is hotter right now than Sean McDermott's in Buffalo. If you have a coach right now you think is in hot water more than McDermott, Love to hear. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Let's go to Glenn in Toronto with some thoughts. What's up, Glenn? Well, hey, Ryan. First off, this is Glenn who did the hot take way back when and said Deshaun Watson wouldn't finish the season as quarterback and Sean McDermott would not finish the season as that coach to the Bills. Um, I'm not really just to give myself props, but just to give you the – let you know who you're talking to. That's but, right. Oh, I remember, Glenn. I, 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 yeah, and I, and I thought that because, I mean, how did last season end? You left with one of their top two star players angry, stomping off mad um, because he wasn't happy with play selections. All the ridiculous uh, time management that has been going on for so long. And into this year, you, you cited a lot of examples. Uh, I can think of during the Eagles game when there was – 30 seconds left in the half. Well, Kansas City scored on them with 13 seconds. What do they do? Um, they take a knee. Like, that was surprising, too. Like, they were actually moving the ball. So, it's, it's just one thing after another. Now, I do want to say that with Sean McDermott, uh, one thing, I don't think anybody will follow up with this, but when he was apologizing, he said, you know, he had a, a good friend he lost in, in 9-11. And he, then he said, you have several several friends they lost in 9-11. I, I'd like to, I mean, this might be going too far, and it probably is. Make a list of these friends. Because I can't believe for a second, if you have good friends who died in 9-11, you're up there 
you know, giving props to the terrorist. Like, I can't believe that for a I second. Mean, I think he's lying. I think he's lying, Ryan. Like, Glenn, you know, you, why I hope not. Why say that? Like, that is, I'll I hope be, not, too, but I really think so. I'm going to give him the benefit. Like, of, I hear what you're saying. I appreciate the call, buddy. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I think that's just pure evil. Like, like that is true evil if what you're saying is actually the case. I'm not going to go there personally. If it comes out that that's true, then, again, that's something that McDermott has to answer himself um, and is going to pay the heavy price for it. But, again, to your point, like, it's just like just you going down that road again. You plan out team meetings. Coaches just don't walk into team meetings with this tremendous motivational speech off the top of their head every single day to get their players ready to go. It's all predetermined. It's all thought about beforehand. It's all scripted, if you will. So there was plenty of opportunity to think better upon this example and use something else, and he still went with it. Again, it highlights, at the minimum, poor judgment. Very poor judgment. And I think you can use that in a football term because you see, again, in big-time situations here, in big-time games, the same things keep happening with the Bills. Like 2020, 2021, 2022, now 2023. The Bills are losing in very similar fashion. Really going back to that 13-second playoff loss and the 2021 season, we have seen the Bills lose a ton of close games and a lot a lot of the same way. A lot of it has been on the defensive side of the football. And I think you can draw a correlation between poor judgment by the head coach and a lack of belief and a lack of trust from the players towards their head coach. Whether it's feeling they're being put in the best position to succeed. Whether it's trusting the game plan or lack thereof. Like that stuff seems small. But I think they pop up really when the stress level is the highest. And the stress level is the highest when you're in a close game late. And the Bills this year have been one of the worst teams in terms of one-score games. And in a lot of these big-time moments here against good teams the last few years, the Bills have found new ways to lose. And that, to me, starts with coaching. And I think now you can look at some of these comments as just an example of just, like, poor judgment, bare minimum, coming to life. Coming to life. All right, Christina Bell, because we just talked before about Mike Tomlin. Christina Bell does tweet at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. I don't know what universe you're living in, but no chance Mike Tomlin is going anywhere anytime soon. She also points out she's a Ravens fan. I, like, I, if you're the Steelers, again, if you, there's two, two ways to look at it. If you want to be relevant, then you're right. Mike Tomlin's going nowhere. He keeps you relevant. You are always in the playoff mix. You're in the playoffs half the time. Some teams are just motivated to be relevant. I think Jerry Jones, deep down, his motivation is not winning. It's being relevant. And so I don't think that he's truly that upset when the Cowboys get knocked out of the playoffs in the second round. I think he's just happy to be there. And you see when the Cowboys are are losing or out of the playoff picture, that's all of a sudden when a lot of now off-the-field drama or zany Jerry Jones quotes come out. He's always looking to keep the Cowboys relevant. If that's what the Steelers and that's what the Roonies deep down want and they're afraid of if they make a change at head coach that they're going to suffer some lean years and have a, a losing season for the first time since 2003, that to me is a loser mentality. But if that's your prerogative, then, then Christina, you're right. Mike Tomlin's going nowhere. 
But if the Steelers are truly out to win a Super Bowl each and every year, at this point, like if you're the Steelers, it's a definition of insanity. You are banging your head against the wall every game and every year the more you keep bringing Mike Tomlin back because nothing changes. This team never plays good football down the home stretch of a season. And if they do, they need some luck to get in. Like, they're barely sneaking the playoffs. When they get to the playoffs, they're non-competitive. They don't have a chance. They've gone to one conference championship game in the last 12 going on 13 years. They are nowhere near the level. And even in a down year for the Chiefs, mind you, where the receivers can't catch anything, they are nowhere near the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Dolphins. And those are just teams right now that are at the top this year. Joe Burrow's back. The Bengals. The Jaguars are ascending. The AFC, even for how down it's been this year, think about the Steelers right now are going to miss the playoffs with the Bills likely missing the playoffs, with the Bengals likely missing the playoffs. Like, if you can't make the postseason this year, with two Super Bowl contenders preseason missing the playoffs most likely? Like, what are you doing if you're Pittsburgh? Why are you wasting any more time? I don't get it. I, I don't get it. And that brings me to my next topic I want to get to here when we come back um, on the show is another team is in the same exact situation. The New England Patriots. Now, unlike the Steelers, I think they are going to make a move. I think the, the Steelers should fire Mike Tomlin. Should move off him, or at least still trade him. I feel very confident the Patriots are going to move off of Bill Belichick. The only question is, if he's going to be traded, would you want Bill Belichick on your team? Would you want your team trading for Bill? Two coaches, I think, right now are in a very similar boat. Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin. A ton of success with their current team. Super Bowl for Tomlin, Super Bowls, obviously, for Belichick. Both, though, I think have hit their limit. If you're the Steelers, I don't see how you can bring Mike Tomlin back because it's a definition of insanity. And if you're the, uh, the Patriots, I don't know how you can bring Bill Belichick back. And the thing with both of them is there's been discussions of neither being fired but both being traded. Steelers trading Mike Tomlin, Patriots trading Bill Belichick. My question to you is, would you want either as your head coach? Would you want either coaching your team in 2024 and beyond? Because I wouldn't. I wouldn't, want my, I wouldn't want Mike Tomlin coaching my team. I wouldn't want Bill Belichick coaching my team. Because I don't think either could get you to the promised land. Neither can get you to the Super Bowl. So I, I don't think it's worth it. Like with Belichick... You trust him to develop a quarterback? Or even come into a system that's already, like the Chargers, for example, already set with a quarterback? You trust Belichick right now to get the most out of that team? I don't. I don't think it was all Tom Brady and the, you know, the Brady-Belichick debate. But also, I would want to be the team to figure it out. Like, if I'm the Chargers, I don't want to guess and say, oh, yeah, Bill, Bill with a quarterback going to be going to be fine. I don't know that. I wouldn't want to find out. I wouldn't want to give up a first-round pick and then have to find out if Bill still got it or not. Just like, I don't want to trade a first-round pick for, to, to get Mike Tomlin to go 9-8 and eight every year. 
we are we are in it to win Super Bowls, right? Like that's why as fans you watch, not to just be average. Both of those coaches think at this point their ceiling is average. Neither are getting you to the Super Bowl. And so if you're just gonna be the middle of the pack, and Talman, at least his credit, has done a better job of that in recent years than Belichick has, I don't want to sign up for that. I don't want to sign up to be coached or have a team coached by a guy that can get you to the first round of the playoffs and then get outclassed and blown out. No, thank you. Plenty of head coaches I could hire way less, you know, way cheaper price and also don't have to trade a, a first-round pick for to get on my team to do the same exact thing they're doing right now. So I don't really see the attractiveness to bringing either in, especially trading for either, if your team right now has a head coach opening. So I think the Steelers should move on from Mike Tomlin. I think the Patriots should move on from Bill Belichick. But with that said, I don't think any other team in the league should be trading for them. I don't see a scenario right now that makes sense for a team to trade for Bill Belichick or a team to trade for Mike Tomlin. How about yourself here? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. Whose seat right now, in terms of coaching-wise, is the hottest in the league? And would you want Mike Tomlin or Bill Belichick coaching your team? Bob's calling from Michigan. What's up, Bob? Hi. Thank, thank you very much for taking my call. Thanks for making I have it. A couple of different, I have a couple of different spins on, on this Mike Tomlin situation. And I'll, I'll put in a brief New England comparison, too. Uh, when you take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, it, it was all based upon the arm of Ben Roethlisberger. I, I mean, for a number of years, uh, the AFC, uh, with the exception of New England for 15 years, wasn't very good. Toward the latter part of Roethlisberger's time with Pittsburgh, he wasn't very good. He kept on getting injured, and Pittsburgh really wasn't a very good football team. They won their division one year at seven victories and nine losses. The bottom line is, where is where is the general manager and where is the ownership in all of this situation to prepare for the future? The difference is Tom Brady in in New England knew it was time to go. The team right. the team probably hadn't been improving. They were getting weaker, and he knew it, and he knew it was going to be a struggle. He's a smart man. He got out of there when he should, and I I think there's something to be said for that. No, I, Bob, I think it's a great point. And that's why I think if you're both teams appreciate the call, man, if you're Robert Kraft right now, right, owner of the Patriots, and if you are the Rooney family, I think you got to start looking at it saying, you know what? We are just, if we bring both of our head coaches back, we are banging our heads against the wall and just basically living out the true definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. It's time to start preparing for the future. And if that future has a Lombardi trophy in it, I think you got to move on from both Belichick and Tomlin. John's calling from Wisconsin. What's up, John? Hi. Thanks for having me on the show, Ryan. Thanks for making it, man. What's on your mind? Yeah, Mike Tomlin. Uh, coach's job is to get the most out of his guys. I think Mike Tomlin does a pretty good job of that. Um, yeah, we can talk about Harbaugh on that measure, too, but... Uh, yeah, you think, though, consistently? Looking... Like, he yeah. still had Big yeah. Ben I, in his prime. Would... And, like, we're talking about, again, you had one of the best quarterbacks in the league with Ben Roethlisberger. 
and they made yeah. one conference championship game since 2010. Right. But as far as the Steelers looking for Lombardi trophies, I prefer the GM that thought Mitch Trubisky was a good idea. That guy couldn't cut it in Chicago. Well, they brought him as a backup. Sort of die, you know? John, I hear you. I appreciate the call. Like They brought him in as a backup. I'm not going to get on the GM for bringing in Mitch Trubisky on a flyer deal to backup Kenny Pickett. That's that's fine. I, I'm not going to get, honestly, too upset about that. Shirley's calling from Pittsburgh. Hello, Shirley. Hello. I wanted to say that the Steelers have been very mediocre lately. And recently, even though they have a winning record, it's just not good enough. Basically, Mike Tomlin has lost the locker room. The players are just all in their own little worlds right now. It, you know, with rare exception, but for the most part, they're, they're in their own little worlds. If you saw his press conference after the game, Mike Tomlin, he, he looked ejected. He looked beaten after the Patriots game. And how else could he look? Right. I mean, they, they got themselves their hat handed to them. At the end of the season, I do believe it is time to move on from him. And at the same time, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. And I just think that it's time to move on. Good point. about You're right about that. But at this point, too, Shirley, and I appreciate the call. It's just like, can you trust Mike Tomlin to hire the right OC? Like, Forget about getting the most out of your talent and getting this team positioned to be a playoff team. Like Shirley just said, you're you're picking a new offensive coordinator this offseason, bare minimum, no matter what happens with Tomlin. Do you really trust Tomlin, who just hired Matt Canada a few years ago? You trust him to now get that head uh, offensive coordinator hiring right? I wouldn't. And so if you can't trust your head coach to make the right coordinator decisions, then again, what are we doing? Why are you bringing him back? It's a great run. We're not crapping on the legacy of Mike Tomlin. He's, argu- he's, a whole, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. As a head coach. But with that said, again, I think all good things come to an end. And I think at this point, you look at the state of the Steelers, where they're at, it is stale. The best way I can describe it is stale. This team has no juice on offense. They have a great defense that is being wasted right now. There's not a lot of hope because there seems like there's just so many flaws offensively. You have offensive players getting frustrated consistently whether it's Juju Smith-Schuster, whether it's Antonio Brown, now George Pickens is kind of picking up that role. There's been a lot of frustration within the offensive system here. It's just like a change, I think, sometimes her change shake is for the best. And that's where it feels like with Tomlin here, it feels like change for change shake for Pittsburgh is the best. We'll continue to discuss this topic of especially Bill and Mike Tomlin's future, but also when we return. The Heisen Trophy is given out later Saturday night. I want to tell you who I think should win and the one stat that should determine the winner. We'll do it next. It's Ryan Nicky on CBS Sports Radio.